welcome back to another episode, my little truffle hunters. As always, on the ones, twos, threes, through tens, is your boy, Jensen, the beautiful, majestic, motherfucking Dean Jackson. And today, I'm going to be talking to you about the latest, or the last, I was the latest, the last offering in the DC Extended Universe, Aquaman and the Hidden Kingdom. Uh, you guys don't even understand, okay? I feel like my life was changed when I watched Aquaman 1. This this is the thing, is that I feel like, you know, say what you will about Chris Nolan, the Batman trilogy that he did was, it was good. There was some bad, there was some good. There was It was a mixed bag, but it was a good trilogy. But the one thing that it, it, you know, it, it, the shadow of this film trilogy loomed large over not just the comic book world, but flights of fancy in general. Now everything needed to be grounded, dark and gritty. I mean, they basically did the same thing. Matt Reeves did the same shit with the Batman. It's just told with a different actor or different actors. And that is one thing that I love the most about Aquaman, the Aquaman series, especially Aquaman 1, is that that whole fight where they're in Sicily or Rome or wherever the fuck they were at, um, big splash page panel looking ass action. Like, you know, it's Saturday morning cartoon vibing out type shit. A lot of the reviews said for Aquaman that it was like 80s action fantasy bullshit. And I'm pushing it more like, eh, where won't we push that car a little bit towards the 90s? Because I'm getting some 90s vibe action, but it was so fucking cool. I never thought I'd be in I never thought I'd be alive to see a world where we would get fucking Black Manta, Orm, the Ocean Master, fucking... Arthur Curry, a.k.a. Aquaman, talking to a big, giant, fucking, fucking giant creature, fucking telling sharks to attack. It was fucking perfect. And the fact that it made a billion dollars kind of just tells you to shut the fuck up about how good or it is or isn't. Walking into Aquaman 2, waiting for Aquaman 2, a film that had been delayed multiple times or reshoots and whatnot. Uh, The tension was ramping up for me. It was exponentially ramping the fuck up. But I finally made it when seen in IMAX. And uh, I wasn't disappointed. I wouldn't say that I was disappointed. I would just say that the first one set the bar so inexplicably high that I'm not sure how they were going to be able to top it. And sometimes, you know, not every film can be Empire Strikes Back. Sometimes a film is just going to be like a, I don't know, Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Or a uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. You know what I'm saying? The middle child is always an awkward man out. It's like, ugh. You're like, yeah, you want to watch a re- watch of the Fast and Furious franchise? Like, yeah, but can we skip Too Fast, Too Furious? You're like, no, because that's where I introduced Tyrese. We're like, yeah, can, can we still skip it, though? Like, this is my least favorite one. 
plus plus Bryant has a, the worst line in the franchise where Tyrese is like, oh, we're going to do this, this, and that. And Bryant's like, nah, cuz. Let's just skip that one. I don't feel like, especially since this is the capper to 10 years of of, of an unplanned, they didn't. They really didn't have no plans. There have been more plans for films canceled in the DC Extended Universe than there have been films that have gone to full production. Um, I, I still had fun with this film. I, I can't front and I can't fake. I still had fun with Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, even though some of the momentum... This is a very... narratively chopped up type of film where shit be happening and uh, you you just tell in the editing bay that some butchering was done to this film. I know there were reshoots, I know there were test screenings, calling it the worst movie. In the DC Extended Universe, there are people out there who reviewed this film and said that if you've seen The Flash, you saw a better film. Personally, I'm going to say no. Just one based off the CGI. I'm going to say no all the fucking way around the moon and back. Barry Allen ain't beating Arthur Curry. Like, this This is... It's a fine film. It's a very... Kind of basic plot. Bad guy from the first film has been scorned. He's looking for revenge, but he has to team up with this other bad guy who's the ancestral... Ancestral, not... Ancestral, not ancestral. Ancestral uncle of the bad guy's enemy. They team up. But then the plot of the film is the bad guys are are releasing greenhouse gases into so it's it's a film about I mean they do continue the plot and the chit chat and scuttlebutt and whatnot around um pollution polluting the earth what what we excuse me all human beings have been doing which is polluting the shit out of the fucking earth we've been torturing the shit out of the earth um but everybody still hits their marks in terms of i mean you've got the infallible uh jason momoa who seems you know besides being born to play lobo he seems pretty pretty destined to have starred as arthur curry even if it was just in the uh the justice league films yeah, films and uh, and whatnot. Even if he had just shown up as cameo and we were promised and promised and never got the promise, it would have still been worth it to see him because he's just, I feel like he's just, he's in sync with this character. Like he understands his iteration of Arthur Curry, which makes for an easier, easier easierly digestible time at the cinemas. Um... I was hoping, against all hope, that I would get less, less Amber Heard. Actually, there's a part in the film where I'm like, "Oh shit, they they decided to kill the bitch. She dead. Ugh, fucking, I love the character of Mira in the comic books, but Amber Heard is such a wet, blank, blank, ugh, wet blanket of an actor that it just makes it not fun. Plus, knowing all the things about her in real life, Make me just not wanna, you know what I'm saying? Like same thing with Ezra Miller. It makes me not enjoy it. I can't enjoy this. 
I know it's it's acting and I'm supposed to, you know, put that past myself, but I really just don't like this person and I don't want to watch them. Unfortunately for me, sometimes like I, I'm, I may have to because got to cover it for the for the show, but I'm not enjoying it. It was a shame that we didn't get to see Willem Dafoe back. I assume there are probably like some scheduling conflicts, but the storyline right off for Willem Dafoe's Volko character is that he had been poisoned by the greenhouse gases. So he dies off screen. Like, that's pretty, you know, no pun intended about them being so deep underwater. But that's pretty cold shit to do to someone, especially someone so so established on the scene as Willem Dafoe. Um, it is, I think, the highlight of this film is any time that Patrick Wilson and, or better off, any time that Orem... The Ocean Master, like, come on, that's a fucking metal-ass name. You step on the fucking scene, they're like, who the fuck is that guy? And you're just like, I'm the motherfucking Ocean Master, son. Mic drop. Like, oh my god, that's so fun. I never thought I'd be able to see Ocean Master in live action. But anytime that Ocean Master and the Aquaman are on screen, the brothers, it's, I want to call it comedic gold, but they're, they're doing such a good job at acting, you believe you believe their story. Like, you know, if you know the story of these two brothers, you believe it. Like, and, uh, shit, by the, by the time, like, I know Orm's supposed to be a bad guy and shit like that, but there are, there are discoveries made in this film. Like, you know, they're having a conversation <clears throat> and Orm's telling his brother Arthur that his father had been preparing Orm for when Arthur would eventually show up and challenge for the throne. Said he, he said he prepared him his whole life for that shit. And Arthur said something <clears throat> to the effect of, that's sad or that's pathetic. And uh, <clears throat> Orem's like, so you never thought about, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, you never thought about the throne or nothing like that, or you never blah, blah. And, and Arthur's like, no, man, I wasn't thinking about none of that shit. You know, it it is frustrating to see a character that, like, he doesn't want the throne and even Black Manta makes a, a, a jab at Arthur where uh, he's like, you walked into the man's house, you took his throne, you took his woman's like Aquaman. I expected better of you. That made me laugh and shit, but that's kind of the position. And like, so it's like, okay, so what, you just wanted your brother's fiance? You didn't want to be a king and shit? And like, I'm thinking the whole time, like, if it's really that bad to be the king of Atlantis, why don't you just secede the chair, the throne, someone else? You could you could secede it to your wife's husband and shit like that. And go do what you want to fucking do. Go be with the Justice League or whatever the fuck you want to do. I don't know what people who can talk to big ass and tiny ass fish want to do with their lives and shit like that. There was a thread in the comic books that uh, the Aqua Baby dies at the hands of Black Manta. For a second, I really thought, like, there's a second where Manta is gonna stab a baby to death. And the thing is, like, if you need, you know, because there's, there's a, a plot line where there's blood needed for the, the main event of the film... No one said, hey, you got to stab a relative to death. 
Manta's just so fucking incensed with anger that he's willing to kill, like, why is it, you know, in films when they want to show you that a person is really, you know, full-blown bad, they do things like rape a woman or they kill children. It's like, no, man, you could just, you know, you ain't even got to shoot a dog. Like, you say you're bad? You bad, motherfucker. You ain't got to, you know, be proven shit by stabbing babies to death. Manta was going to stab that baby to death. And I was really, because the baby was super cute. It was a cute baby. And which, for the record, in my opinion, not all babies are cute. Some babies are ugly. Let's just be open and honest about that so we can move on with our lives. Some babies are born ugly. But the aqua baby was cute. And Manta was going to stab it to death, like blood ritual sacrifice type shit. <clears throat> Thankfully, Aquaman saved saved his son, and they go on to have one of the, I'd say it's the coolest fight scene I've seen in the entire DC Extended Universe. The super dynamic, I, haven't, I can't remember the last time I saw a fight scene like that. It, it kind of reminded me of, like, fucking anime and shit. <clears throat> Arthur and <clears throat> Manta, <clears throat> I'm sorry. <clears throat> can't get my fucking voice under control for some reason uh, manta and arthur have this real badass dynamic trident fight that kind of the the battle for the soul of the planet if it were and uh no no shit but aquaman wins <sighs> excuse me but it just it was i'm looking at this i'm like damn that is fucking cool i would love i the, the older i get and i'm watching films I there are certain things that I would love to know how they did from a technical standpoint. That's how I know that I'm a a film nerd, cinephile or whatnot. Is uh like damn this story's cool, but I wanna know like when I watch Inception, I'm like, damn, I wanna know how they did that hallway scene where everybody the shit looks practical as fuck. Like I wanna know how that shit's done. And so I would love to know how they 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 executed the trident fight at the end because that's i'm telling you once you watch it like damn i've never seen the last time you saw a fight scene like that try and conjure up the memory because i can't the last time conjuring up the memory and it was last thursday aquaman and the hidden kingdom not last thursday was it last thursday no this thursday this last thursday the 21st <clears throat> time is irrelevant since the pandemic i'm sorry but yeah you know i don't want to spoil everything there's orm gets his redemption song and you know you're looking at it and it's like i never really felt like ocean master was a bad dude in the first the first episode i it's reasonable i i understand that us us humans have <clears throat> sorry been polluting like i said in the beginning we've been torturing the shit out of the planet kind of since since birth so i can understand there are people secret societies living under the ocean i can understand how they would be fucking pissed at us because like bro we've kind of been like putting the ocean on a slow simmer to low boil uh for like ever since the inception of humanity we've just been fucking the earth with no condom on and, you know, just being raw doglers, it's, uh, and I have enough time to talk about how we need to stop polluting the planet. But, um, I thought for the end of 10 years worth of botched 
movie rollouts and whatnot. Like, it could have been worse. We could have ended the DC Extended Universe on Ezra Miller's The Flash. And then we would have been extra confused about, like, so is this being rebooted? Is what's going on? George Clooney is back? I don't... What is going on? <laughs> Not very nice. But I feel like I got the closure I needed. I love the character of Arthur Curry. I love Jason Momoa's iteration of him. And so this is perfect for me. I got to say goodbye to a character that feels very near and dear to my heart. I just absolutely cherish Arthur Curry, and I cherish Jason Momoa's energy <clears throat> and bringing the character to screen, you know? It's it's meant a lot to me. It's meant a lot to the the 10-year-old in me who needs shit like this to continue to be a thing. Um, Yeah, that's really all I've got to say about Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. I don't want to spoil the whole damn movie. The movie is shorter than the first one, by the way, too. It zips by, but it is shorter, but I do love it, and it continues the tradition of, like I'd said in my TikTok review, there are comic book properties that come out, and it almost seems like they're ashamed of where they came from. They're ashamed of their own source material. And then you got motherfucking Aquaman, where shit be happening like Manta just shows up in an old technology-type submarine. All his goons are wearing outfits that make him look like douchebags. And it's just like... This is so unabashed. Like, James Wan was not afraid at all to embrace the zany and daffiness of the comic books. Like, fully enraptured and loving the source material. And I'm here for that shit. Because you can't, you know, you can't always be ashamed of where you came from. Sometimes you need to look to the past to embrace the future. And I feel like that's what these films have done. And on that note, I will catch you guys later on the next episode. And with that, I say good night and goodbye.